Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I'm Mr. Forrest and I'm back from the tour. Been about a month out and this this week I have a great episode because I got to sit down with my my dear sweetheart Marissa Rod Wepner. Within hours of getting back, so things are very fresh for us, and we're going to tell you all the behind-the-scenes stuff of the tour, the highs and the lows, as it were. Uh, hey, I'll admit, we're we're pretty raw. We got back last night around midnight. It was below freezing, and we drove back with no window in the car. More on that at the end of this episode, but we're a little, we're a little fried, so <laughs> keep, keep that as a... We're a little fried and a little over-caffeinated, I'd say, at least for myself on this episode but we're plowing through and getting back into the swing of things and uh just well i say all my thank yous and and happiness and gratitude for everyone who came on the tour but i'll say it again thank you to everyone who came out to support can't wait to share this episode with you and more soon about what's coming in 2023 but right now i just need to take a beat and regroup and just let the let things settle as it were um, let the natural waves come and go. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And if you're looking for gifts, thanks for thinking about supporting East Forest through the store or other ways if that feels good to you. And, you know, if you want to give donations, you can always do that too. Reach out at info at eastforest.org or on social media. And thank you so much to our special Patreon council members. Um, I'm actually doing a our, uh, our council right now tonight this will come out in a few days but i do it once a month we do a monthly zoom council live music meditation and i also get to share all sorts of demos and unreleased material over there and and other things like that and on december 17th we are doing a special live stream with peter broderick peter is amazing uh he lives in ireland and if you like my music you like his music if you don't know it already and we're going to do a live stream from my studio here in boise idaho it's going to be for the solstice. It's going to be a long form ceremony style. Can't wait to share that with you. Go to eastforest.org. There's more info on everything. That's December 17th. Um, and that event's being hosted by Journey Space. So go to journeyspace.com if you would like to watch that live stream. And you can also sign up for one of our facilitated groups and dive in much, much deeper. That includes uh, integration circles, preparation, it's, it's quite a rich experience, and the magic is doing that together in groups with other people. So check it out. Learn more. It's a great opportunity. Journeyspace.com. And thank you for everyone who's been listening to the Headwaters album. I hope you're enjoying that, and I hope you enjoyed the story about it last week or the week before that. Um, I'm, I've been loved seeing your responses online, and thank you for sharing it and for diving into the work. As always... That's what this is all about, sort of our conversation of, between music and creativity and process and walking our walk together. But that's it. I want to dive into this special Radha Krishna roundtable post-U.S. West tour roundup story time. Let's sit around the fire, friends. So here we are. Uh, we just got back from this magical, easy breezy tour, as we were wanting to call it. And uh, we wanted to do a roundup, talk about how it went. Um, so 
Let's start with the positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, you know, and I, it, may, it could be fun to kind of go through, like, chronologically. But um, all in all, let's, I just do want to say thank you to everyone who came out. We met so many amazing people. I think almost 4,300, 4,500 people we crossed paths with uh, in the flesh. And that's and that's really magical. And I want to honor the time and resources that people put into coming to these shows and the risks they took and the belief they had in us to do it. That means a lot to me. And for us, it was an experiment and taking some risks and really tr- doing our best to try and do something different here and meaningful. And I- I'm proud of that. I am you proud of that. You should be. Your biggest endeavor to date, I'd say. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you grew in ways that, you know, as your partner, I've been hearing you desire for years and years and years yeah one day i'll have a tour bus one day i'll have my own sound guy one day i'll have my own lighting guy one day i'll have somebody set up and break down my gear yeah and all those things happen and more yeah so all that was great and you know i want to thank adam and live night events this you know adam and i've been working on putting something like this together for a very long time you know before covid and this was sort of like the, the iteration of what we were aiming towards. And I want to thank everyone on, on my team uh, for everything they've done. Sean and Vivek and Lisa, uh, Miranda. Um, there's a lot, so much that goes on. So we will tell you lots of juicy personal stuff that was that we, you know, real. <laughs> we're going to get real here. Uh, but let's instead, you know, maybe we should just go through it as opposed to like, let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the difficult. Yeah. No agenda. But I, I, I want to say thank you as well to all the fans that came out and all the support we had along the way, all the different folks working at all the venues, all the volunteers that we had. Yeah. So much support, but meeting so many fans who are so happy to be in ceremony with you. Yeah. To spend time with you. Um, it was, it was an honor to help that process. Yeah. So this, we, we were really on the road a month. I think we, you know, we left in early October. We just got back last night. We left end of October. Sorry. Yeah. We left right before Halloween. We got back and people have Christmas decorations up. That was our note. And we got back last night. We'll tell you about that. That was a very cold, (laughs) long red. Um, but we started, we did a rehearsal in Salt Lake and all was sort of cool more or less out of the gate, had a nice rehearsal <laughs> and we're very excited. And we flew to Boulder, Colorado for the first show, which is a venue show. And that's where we got, got on the tour bus for the first time after that show. Mm-hmm. At that show, Sheila Bringy, guest flautist. That was great. Yeah, she played you. the Ben Suri flute. It was amazing. But, you know, I learned some lessons out of the gate because um, that was a venue show. Yeah, venue meaning people are seated in chairs looking at East yeah. Forest on stage. Not in the round. And I was trying to think like, okay, do I do this a little differently or do I not? And I had this whole plan at the end where I was like, well, I'm in a venue and I'm a, I'm a fucking rock star. So I'm just going to say goodnight and they're going to applaud like crazy and I'll come back and do some encores. 
you know, that I planted. What I said, happened was <laughs> Sheila was on stage and you played this beautiful version of Sit Around the Fly Fire where she guessed it and it was epic. And then you say, thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Good night. And you, both of you walk off, off off stage. But we had set the crowd up where when I did my intro, I said, look, you don't have to clap between every song. Right. You know, it'd be obvious. I don't think I said this yet. I just said, you don't have to clap between every song. Wait till the end. Yeah. And so then when you walk off stage, the clapping was like, well, it, it, first lesson I learned here is like some people are uh, on medicine, they're on drugs <laughs> and uh, it's not exactly like an average show. And so you almost have to really hold the hand of the audience to walk them through. And I hadn't done something. I mean, I've done a lot of different shows <laughs> in my career, but this it was sort of like we're doing a ceremony tour. Let's just say it was the most awkward, people were confused. the most uncomfortable. People were confused end of show clap experience so much so i even tried to like get everybody going and do some pretty rapid clapping and some yeah. woohoos nobody caught on and uh <laughs> he ended up not coming back on stage because they didn't give him an encore clap to come back on stage the ceremony didn't end with like a goodbye it's just kind of like a whimper fizzle where then people <laughs> awkwardly slunk out like i guess it's over that was hard it was so bad um, like a, like a 10 out of 10 I'm bad. Just, if people are wondering if they're watching this video i'm trying to adjust our mic levels so it isn't screwed up for the rest of this but uh it was so bad I felt so bad for you because then you felt like well my show was terrible my star yeah. performance well, was terrible it was a good up to that, you know, pretty good. Your anytime well, the first your show opening too. You decided to do that differently oh, as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I had this whole vision. I'm like, I'm gonna come out and say nothing. Like I'm gonna be like a mime and just like. But you wanted start the with audience music. participation which, while which they miming. Did. They did. They're yeah. awesome. I think, but it was my own fault for just look. I took some risks. I wanted to try some new things, and. Uh, we learned a lot. I wouldn't call it a bad show by any means, but no. the, I, I do apologize about the ending because I had two more excellent songs to play <laughs> that I didn't get to play. And I remember doing the show and looking out in the audience and seeing a guy in dead center in the audience and he was wearing um, like a mindfold, blindfold. He's wearing the numinous mask, probably. No, it was like a big, oh, he brought his own. actual mindfold. Yeah, okay. but it was funny is when someone's sitting in a seat facing the stage, yet <laughs> it's like they're watching something, but they've blindfolded themselves. It was a very strange sight. And it that's is. when it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, this is a little different. People are, are wanting to go into that ceremony space. And some people we knew. are doing it. Yeah. And so we learned some lessons there. Um, but I'll say this. I, I'm looking forward to going back to Boulder I think that community is a place I have not played in Boulder. Well, it's been many, many years. Well, they want a lie down show too. And I feel that we want to make that happen. And I, and I hope it can happen in the near future in 2023. So, and they had, we didn't use our piano there. They had their own piano, right? Yeah. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so everything was a little, little different. And everyone's just like, we're getting into this. Let's try to figure things out. It was step one. So thank you, Boulder for being step one. And hey, on the upside, we did some things there we never did the rest of the tour. I played some songs I didn't play in the set. Yeah. So they got some bonuses there for sure. And the acoustics in that room were really beautiful. The sound yeah. in the e room. Yeah, E-Town Hall. It was cool. Mm -hmm. It was cool. Um, and I met some great people. 
And then that night we get on the tour bus and I'm thinking, oh my God, tour bus, I can't believe I've made it after 20 years. We were lying in the back. So the tour bus is like eight bunks in the middle. There's the front's like lounge, kitchen, bathroom, benches can sleep to 12, sit. 12, but we... And then in the middle, it's four bunks on each side, one on top of the other. So two and then two and then two and then two on the other side. So there's eight total, right? And then the back portion of the bus, there was a door. And then we had probably the equivalent of, equivalent of like a full bed and then a bench. And we're lying Maybe in the bed. Maybe a full, yeah. And you're like, babe, this is this is my tour bus. This is it. And you were for a moment. We hadn't left yet. Yeah, we were still outside. For a moment, you you were just so joyful. You were so like, oh, the, I, the thing I've been talking about, it's happened. Here it is. And just, just for the record, I did, even when things were really difficult, I kept, Stop stepping back and saying that. I'm like, by the way, this, though, is my bus. this is pretty awesome. This is my bus. And you were so joyful. I literally <laughs> think it was maybe at all of 30 seconds. And then the bus turned on <laughs> to drive from Boulder to Salt Lake City that evening while we were supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. And all of these diesel fumes poured into the back cabin where we were. Yeah. And you hop up and you're just a madman. And yeah. then we had to. Well, we let's had... let's put a let's put a asterisk on that. Okay. Diesel fumes <laughs> are coming into the back bedroom, like out of the gate, and we're like, "What's happening?" I I think I might die if yeah, I'm. We can't, in this... we can't be in this enclosed room for eight hours with fumes coming. So in. we shut the door. You know, it's already a brouhaha. Like, what? What's it's already one in the morning. Yeah, you just performed. The bus is taking off. So we we clear out gear on the two empty bunks in the the galley or whatever. <laughs> And we sleep up there. We're on the top bunks now because we're the last to pick a bunk, too, because we weren't picking a bunk. So we, yes, got, so we the, got the worst bunks. The worst bunks. Yeah. We're up top in the back. And then as we're driving, one of the worst drives is that pass through if, Wyoming. If you head west out of Boulder and, you're, and we were heading towards uh, Salt, Lake. Salt Lake City, you, we had to go over that. And we went through a blizzard snowstorm. Yes. And it's our first night on the bus. And the way the bus was moving, we on the top, at least I felt, and I think you did too, like you're going to roll off into space. No, I think everyone slept maybe an hour at best because of the extreme jostling of the storm and elevation. And your, your and our first night on a bus. It was intense. I think we thought being on a bus, at least my interpretation was like, it's going to be like first class on a plane where we get to lie down. It's going to be smooth. Well, let's put it this way. This bus was a rental, and it's an older bus. I mean, many things. It's it seems it had seen some tours. Instead of it flying like a plane, it was like an old rickety 1940s roller coaster. The shocks were very old. <laughs> things so would constant break constantly. Jostling, constant jostling, shaking, loud, moving, rattling. Yeah. So that was a very very hard night. I thought it was just me who couldn't sleep. Uh, but I'm sitting there in the bunk. It's four in the morning. I'm wide awake. You hadn't slept at all. And I'm thinking, how, like, I'm screwed. Like, how are we ever going to do this tour? I can't, I, I thought, I can't sleep on this bus. Therefore, I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I will die. No, I actually had all these terrible <laughs> thoughts about, like, I can't tour. I know. He woke me up in the middle what of the night. What do I do? And he's like, babe, this is it. We're done. Everything's done. Well, I just like, I don't see how everything, I can, can, everything can grow. Done. Because look, tour buses, um, it sounds like awesome, but it's also functional. Like it allows you to uh, drive at night so you can play a show the next day. Sometimes you wouldn't even be able to make it. So it's really just like, it's the only way you need to be able to play. 
roughly five shows a week is the goal to make it work financially because you're paying the crew, uh, the bus, everything, the lighting, rentals, sound. It's all sort of on weekly rental um, basis. Hmm. So anyway, I'm thinking like the only thing here is I, maybe I fly and I stay in a hotel. But I think that's impossible. And I went through the whole thing in my head, of course. I went through the whole itinerary. Yeah. Is this even possible? And I was like, it's not so but, you were at the spot of just like we're done. This is done. Well, camaraderie. When I woke up the next, or woke up when I got up the next day, uh, everyone else had been through a similar experience of like that. That was a di- very, very difficult, except for one person. Uh, very, very difficult night of that was like as bad as, bad as it gets. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So let's fast forward through our... Well, we finally got to Salt Lake City, too, and there was a diesel leak. Like, there was literally yeah. a hole in the back compartment yeah, yeah. right above the engine that yeah. then got fixed, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, they, they had to bring someone in, and, and they're like, we fixed it. But, yeah, we found that... Basically, I don't know why the engine... We're basically over the engine in the back, and I don't know why it was spilling fumes, but, like, I kept saying, no, it's still coming through, like, the outlets. There were other holes... And I ended up after a couple of days because we just opened the windows and it was sub zero temperatures. <laughs> I just took a bunch of gaff tape. I was like, fuck this. I got the gaff tape from under the bus. I gaff tape like the entire back. Anything. Any cracks opening. and holes. I just Besides gaff the taped windows. the whole damn thing, which looked ridiculous. Kind of worked. You know, some days you're like, I'm still We're still alive. It. Here we are today. You and yeah. I. And I had bought a carbon monoxide alarm and that took a week to get and shoved it in this. Anyway. Oh my God! And yeah, Salt Lake City though the show that night was really beautiful. I think most of us agree that it was one of our favorites. The community, so second show, yeah, the it was music. A Salt Lake. Yeah, we did the first like in the round. I don't know the 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 community that showed up for that one was there was a magical alchemy of attention and warmth and maybe I don't know, but it was one of the best feeling shows of the tour, and so that was nice because. We're like, okay, we can, we, and that's when I fix the ending where I'm like, yes, just to note everyone on a substance, here's how this is going to go. We kind of spelled that out for people and they were very happy about that. Now we're going to clap. Now we're not. Now we're going to do an encore. Now everyone's happy. Now you go home. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Um, Yeah. And we continue to do that for all the rest of the shows. And so we left there and, um, when we, I woke up, I slept better, but I realized because the bus wasn't moving and I thought that's odd. And so it was like in the morning when I mm. woke up and the a reason the bus wasn't moving is because the highway was closed. No, that was the next day. Yeah, that's what I mean. The next day. Well, we went to Boise, we played a show and then after Boise, we were driving oh, okay. to Oregon. Sorry. So we went to Boise, which was nice because obviously we live here. So we were able to stop at the house, get things, take a sauna during the day before sound check. We were like, we're back on track. We're back on track. But I just listened to the multi-tracks and I have a recording of what happened in Boise. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, it's just your microphone. Okay. What happened in Boise was every show I would do an, an opening introduction. I would set the container I would go through the group agreements, kind of like Christian was saying, walking people through the ending, like this is how we're going to end. I started out with, this is how we're going to begin. This is how we're going to behave towards each other. This is how we'll all help each other have the best experience possible. Went through like a whole list of things. Did our land acknowledgement in each city and then did a practice 
to guide to start to drop people in and help them set an intention. But while I was doing the kind of guidelines in Boise, I got heckled. Well, you said, I think you were saying about uh, let's be mindful of movement in the space and not to disturb. We're all in tender Mm -hmm. processes, just basic kind of, hey, everybody, let's keep in mind that we're all in in deep experiences here. Very basic comment. And somebody said, yelled from the back, what do you mean by distracting? And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yelled into yeah. the room, and I was, and I couldn't see. I put my hand up. I was like, and I said, "Who is that back there?" And he said, "Tony." And then I recognized, "Oh, this is Tony that I know." Right, we're in your hometown. We're in my hometown. I said, "Oh, Tony," and he goes, "Yeah, Tony." Kind of making fun of me for even asking who it was. It, that's how it felt to me. And then he said, "Show us what you mean by distracting." And I said, "Really?" Show us. Yeah. It's and like, said, uh, well, let me point at you. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved my arms in the air, and I was like, and like, kind of did like a like I don't know, like a big wingspan movement. And he got angry and said, "Oh, you mean we can't dance?" And I said, "Oh no, you can dance, but just dance around the edge, you know, like not up here in the middle." Well, this isn't a space to dance in. I'm leaving and started. Well, didn't and then, he stand up? Well, he was standing the whole time. Like he got aggressive and started immediately. walking towards me, towards the front, and yelling and super upset because he felt like we were saying you couldn't dance, which isn't what I was saying. It was just kind yeah. of be aware of everybody around you. That seems and like a fair ask to me. Our front of house sound guy jumped up. One of the good things he did on tour, and it immediately like came out and was like, "Hey, man." You know, let's take this to the lot. Let's talk about this. Let's yeah, everybody else in the audience is just stunned and uh, silent everyone. and shocked. So mind you, I'm I'm downstairs using the restroom uh, right before I'm going to come up while you're doing your intro. And I hear like a male voice. And I'm like, that's not part of the show. You know, what's... Yeah, me interacting with the male I heard voice. like a male, a loud male voice. I'm like, what? And I come upstairs to to come on into the main auditorium. and I And they had now like, they're walking him... I, bu- been I basically out. bump into a guy swearing and agitated and at like, I'm going to, we're going to go level, you know, fuck this blah. And I was just like, I bump into this guy and I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know what's happening. And I sort of suss out that he's upset and they're trying to take him outside to talk. And I come in the main room and you continue. And of course now my adrenaline level, I went into fight or flight. Of course, your body's naturally like, do I need it? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. That was very difficult to recover from, to step on stage. Uh, well, it, you did it very seamlessly. You did it very seamlessly. And I brought it around too, because I was like, I would, had, this is an honest moment where I was like, what was I even talking about? And then I said, oh yeah, distraction. <laughs> well, props to I the audience. I was trying to right? tell you what, a distraction looked like. We had a very clear example of one. Okay. I felt too, it was kind of like a spirit ejection is what I call it. Like if we hadn't dealt with him, then eventually somewhere during the ceremony, he would have made a disruption that would have been maybe yeah, even bigger. And, and so just it was, to be clear, that was not like a logical response or discussion. Like there was something very off about it. Everyone sensed to yes. me, he's like, well, this is way, this is not about well, somebody said dancing. they thought like, oh, it's a plant that they do this so she can have this conversation. Lenny like, Bruce style? <laughs> That'd be amazing. If like, no. Um, so, I mean, look, yeah, I guess I'm glad it happened before the show started, but, but it happened within you know, like 30 seconds. Overall, yeah. that was the largest disruption we had in any of the cities with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And you had organized uh, wonderful volunteer sitters that had peer support 
uh, psychedelic, a real experience at every city. Yeah, two to five sitters in every yeah. city were volunteering that I coordinated with. I created like a whole ceremony sitter guidebook. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is what you look out so for. So we absolutely had uh, some a lot of attention going towards creating the best we could for a safe space, physically, emotionally, um, recognizing that people are coming from all different walks of life as they do to any event, but we're actually trying to just say like, no, we will do what we can, even though we're... Yeah, holding it in like a really non-judgmental space of like, we get it, you're here, we want you to feel safe if you need anything. Yeah. Please ask if you are disturbing others in some way that you don't, you're maybe not even aware of. We might oh, We had a secondary you. space at every yeah. event to take someone if they wanted to get somewhere a little quiet. Um, Tony... Could have gone there, but he ba- we look, we gave, we de-escalated. We're like, hey, man, we give you your money back. You can take off. And I think I or heard. Or no, you can come back in. Yeah, I know. We yeah, actually so- like, do you understand what the event is now? Would you like to stay or go home? And I, he actually thought about it. I was like, huh, uh, you know, I think I'll go home. I, think I'll go. I was like, okay, all right. I mean, I couldn't imagine that was going to turn around. And I'm not sure what he thought the event was going to be. But even if you come into a space and it's like, oh, Everyone's sitting down on the floor. And well, that's what he said. He yelled at me. I, what is this? Some yoga nidra experience? <laughs> he's your, he's, he's, a, he's a yogi, apparently. <laughs> the guy wrote us later and didn't really apologize. Just said, like, I'll be better prepared next time. Thanks so much. And, and never apologize to you. We have people who dance at our ceremonies. It's not like dancing isn't allowed. Yeah, you were actually saying, if you want to move, do it on the periphery. That's all. He just looked, guy was looking for a fight and he picked one with you. And the only people I had to stop, ask, stop, ask them to stop what they were doing was in one city when they were like acro yogiing, which was very, it was drawing a lot of attention, a lot of eyes. Cause which is, and they probably were like fine. And they were 100% yeah, fine. Yeah. Or some people get a little into their, uh, their sexuality and that's also like, hey, that you can't do too. that. Yeah, that and we happened. had to we had to rein that in a few times. There, what'd you call it? The taunt- Shiva Shakti. Shiva I asked Shakti people to not go pot. full into Shiva Shakti mode expose in this space because it's not that's not what it's set up for. <laughs> I said congratulations on having that as part oh, of your God. relationship, but you don't have to like save it. You can save it. You know, I. I mean, we'll continue here, but. <laughs> I, it's like the feelings I feel are a multitude of feelings. Like I feel so proud of what we did and satisfied and excited, but I also feel broken and Mm -hmm. just completely emaciated physically and emotionally by the experience. Um, And that's not at all a reflection on our community. It's just sort of the process of touring and a lot of back-end things that happened that had nothing to do. You know, I thought the shows all in all were, were really strong. All of them, you know, but there were some issues that came up for a couple like that one. But it's like we overcame as a yeah. community and they really did. I, shout out to everyone there. It's just like, hey, we're OK. All right. Let's reorient. Let's get into this. Let's do it. We're still here. And we did it. Yeah. And I had many people come up to me afterwards and say that they felt like the container was held really well. The container it was, beautiful. was super safe. They were able to go deep because they felt that. 
and they trusted it. That was the only feedback I got across the board, city to city. Yeah. And that was very intentional. We really tried to hold that line for everyone. Yeah, and I, I feel like I learned a lot too and continued to try and prove night to night. And um, yeah, so. What was one of your favorite songs to perform? Um, well, gosh, so many. But I, I did a lot of stuff with the piano we brought, and that was nice. Um, the opening song was a, a rendition I created of a song called Opening off the Held album, but it was completely different. Lots of like beats, and I thought that was fun. And and I also really liked doing the sit around the fire. I, I wrote John Hopkins and asked him, is, is it cool if I do a live rendition of this? And he was totally nice. So yeah, of course, man. Um, and that was always fun because it's such an epic piece. It's it's you know it's long and it really goes somewhere. And I after you've earned so much emotional collateral after the whole set and you get to that, and it was really special. Um, and and I haven't until that song. I'd never worked with old Ramdas recording. So for me too, it's kind of new. It's like oh, it's young Ramdas talking over the speakers. Um, but there was some also really magical improvisations that happened over the tour. Yeah. Some really, really special ones where I just feel like, wow, we boom, we hit the pocket together. Like, and those, that's what you, that's what you live for as an artist and as an audience too, I think. Um, so I'm really proud of, uh, the music. I thought we, we did our best to, you know, when we kept tweaking the sound every night, we really would have meetings about how can we improve it, what can we do for people. We'd take people's feedback. We tried to really learn, uh, and we we did over the course. And that's the experiment. That's the co-creation aspect of, of doing this. So um, we don't have to nuts and bolt every show, but I don't know. We went from there to— Well, uh, then after Boise was the snowstorm that you were saying. Yeah, we got stuck on the really highway loved. for— Six and a half hours going into it was Oregon. Like a seventeen hour trip instead of a nine hour trip. Yeah. But the first half of that was actually quite lovely, just in the snowstorm so and connecting as a as a crew and a group. Um and then but we had uh we had some disagreements out of the gate, right? We had a meeting where I was trying to like welcome everyone and be like, I'm so grateful, here we are. This is starting. Try to take that role. And we, I had a, a wellness policy, let's call it, where, which is essentially based around I'm hoping we can finish this tour and not get sick um, in the middle of the fall when we're still in a pandemic and the flu's going around. And so RSV. I, I had asked our crew uh, to wear masks just during the show because we're around hundreds and hundreds of people. We're not up in booths and stuff. And that's it. Uh, there was nothing else. There was no like COVID tests. There was no vaccination stuff. It's just like, and if you're sick on the bus, we should probably wear a mask. Which, and sure enough, people start getting sick real quick, and uh, even to the point where one of our members got very sick. I was very concerned about him. Where you know the bus air is recirculated. I got off the bus. This is a little later in the tour, and I did have to. St- for one or two days, was flying. I think one day you flew. Which fucking sucks. You know, I mean, it sounds cool. It's not. It's like, you go to the airport, it's, it's in, I try to, it's, and then I have to meet up with the tour, and it's like, I'm not even on the bus, just because I'm like, I want to finish the shows. Yeah. And we need everyone on the tour. Um, but we had people say they refused to wear masks during. 
just because that's their one member personal belief. refused. Well, then <laughs> the others said I'd prefer not to, but they did. Yeah, we. I mean, I'm no just one a team player. To. I'm like, yeah. that's what you need. You got it, babe. I'll put on a mask for you. Fine. A couple hours. You're the only one that didn't have to wear a mask. Well, I'm also. I can't. I'm I know singing. you're performing. I mean, you know, I in some ways, I a lot of exposure up there. I I also wanted to come out and hang with, so to speak, at the merch table or say hi to everyone afterwards. But I was like, I'm afraid um, I'll pick something up and then the tour is over. Uh, you stayed healthy the whole time, at least in that regard. Barely. I mean, I had an entire suitcase of natural vitamins and immunity stuff. I was just shoving down my face, supplements, supplements all day. And thank you so much to my body and the supplement world. Your apple cider vinegar gargle. Gargling every night. Every show, and yeah. All your packets. Yeah. I got sick. We should have been sponsored by Trace Minerals <laughs> packets. Um, yeah, you got sick. It was it was hard. It's hard when you get sick and um, you know you're not sleeping much and you're you're going you know, you arrive somewhere in the morning. You got like two hours until basically load in sound check doors, show, eat, pack up, back on the bus moving, hoping you sleep. Yeah, you enter this weird bubble where all the rest of the outside worlds you can't really engage with, follow, pay attention to. It's just the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we eventually we did eventually make her we so we had that big brouhaha and that was really difficult. Cause it was just sort of unexpected. I, I we had emails about this in advance. It's sort of thought like I thought we had Everybody we covered this already and didn't mean to make it into a big, like, immediate problem. Um, so we roll into Seattle? No, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, which is crossing the border. Um, there was some unexpected, like, oh, my God, we need serial numbers of everything and all this stuff where you're going to be charged, like, $60,000 in fees. And we had to drop the merch somewhere because you can't take all the merch up. We have to pay taxes on it. And... Some of that was expected. Some of that was unexpected. That was another, like, we were on the side of a road. <laughs> in Bellingham. In Bellingham at a friend of uh, someone on the <laughs> tour. Like, just, just literally like some country road. It was the strangest <laughs> thing. Just, like, unloading, like, oh, my God, like 30 boxes More. of yoga mats and merch trying to just, like, put it somewhere in someone's massive garage. In the garage. Snow, in the cold. That guy was real nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank in the rain, him. in the cold. Mm-hmm. So we get up to Vancouver. It uh, was the largest uh, venue. It's 500 people. Um, Numinous was there, our sponsor. One of their hometowns, and that was awesome to kind of see their community show up in such a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I did a multi-camera filming of that event, uh, and it was it was it was great. It was a powerful event. It was a big one, very big one. I don't remember what else to say about that one, but. Well, let's move on. And actually, a beautiful weather, beautiful day in Vancouver. We were barely yeah, it was there. Gorgeous. I didn't see anything. But I went on a walk for a while. That really helped. I walked around the nearby car dealerships. That's all that was nearby. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I could see Vancouver in the mountains in the distance. Then we came back to Seattle, and uh, my daughter came to the show, my brother. I was happy yeah. about that. Yeah. One thing that was, you know, once we started, we started seeing this quite strongly once we got into Seattle, but all the cities, the, especially the bigger cities, we went through such a such a deep houselessness, homelessness issue. It's just heartbreaking. I mean, I oh god, it's just everywhere. It, it, it really exploded, and 
a lot of times these venues were right in the middle of all of it. And it, it was just a strange dichotomy. I mean, San Francisco is one of the, the weirdest, you know, where you're, you're, you pull up this bus and as the sun goes down, everyone's boarding everything up and they're like, yeah, you don't want to stay here. And we were supposed to spend the night there in that alley. In San Francisco. And I was like, we should probably not be here all night tonight, you know. Just like a boarded up tank sitting on this yeah, back did we, alley. Did we go to Santa Cruz early? What did we do? Yeah. Yeah, it's like we need to hit the road and unfortunately. And anyway, Seattle was cool. You know, I mean, I, I, we used to live in Seattle. Um, Briefly, it, like nine months. But it's still nice to walk around, get some coffee, went to the record shop. But um, it was it was also heartbreaking. And but the the show was a very tight, smaller venue, and we packed everybody in. It was beautiful. Um, Great community. Yeah, and then we headed down to Portland, which was cool because my, my family was there, a lot of my friends, and uh, that, that was special. That venue ended up being three thousand square feet smaller than we had anticipated. I, went, I don't know if we should say we, but the, well, uh, the tour, <laughs> tour manager. manager or pr- production manager. <laughs> yeah, so another squeezer, um, and then we we had a very long drive. Uh, I I think I flew right to Sacramento to Nevada City. Oh yeah, we were gonna That's stay where people the were night. Very sick. We had a day off and was like, oh, we'll go to these like Mount Shasta hot springs on the day off. <laughs> so we were idealistic. had like a wellness day planned, and it all got scrapped. And we're like, nope, head straight to <laughs> Sacramento, get a hotel. And we was like a motel. It was like well, ever, it was it, the worst place that we had stayed. People was were Sacramento. so sick. I mean, at that point. It was really like, are we going to be able to continue? Yeah, I was sick, and and Max was super sick. Like yeah, he thought really he was going to go home. Yeah, and that's so. In some ways, the day off became a weird recovery situation, and uh, it, it gave us a little buffer for to see if people could recover enough to continue, and they did. To Nevada City, barely. Yeah, and Nevada City, beautiful town. We had um, fun there. Yeah, Just that was kind of walking s- around the downtown. Good food. Second show that was also a seated venue. Yeah, Miner's the only Foundry. other one that was seated, seating in chairs facing a stage. And this one I approached, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to change anything at all from these other dates. I'm just going to approach it exactly the same. Well, you weren't going to do it like Boulder. Yeah, and talked about it out of the gate. It's like, hey, let's acknowledge you're sitting in seats and you're not lying down, but that's okay. And let's proceed and not be in this weird middle zone. Let's just do this. And I think that worked. I think so, too. I learned a few lessons there. <laughs> and we did do the encore. Um, and then we continued on to Santa, San, no, Francisco. San Francisco. And that was a tough one because um, it was actually hard for me on a few levels. Uh, I thought I played as best I could. But the room we rented was the old Fillmore West, a very famous venue, which I thought, okay, cool, right? Turns out I walk in this place. It's basically like a giant parking garage. They didn't have, they didn't have heat. Not like our heat doesn't work. They didn't have lighting. No lighting, no heat. And I'm thinking, I immediately said, um, it's, it's really cold in here. And we're like, well, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We've emailed everyone. I was very upset. And because it's a concrete box, a very large one, 
the sound is quite boomy. And I immediately started talking to our sound guys, like, we got to come up with a plan because this is a problem. Huge. The ceilings were like, what? I mean, what were the dimensions of that room? I don't know. It was it so was massive. Big. But <sighs> that was a hard one because I had... Um, I've been I've been talking and working with a record label, Bright Antenna, and lovely people, and they're so sweet. They all came. It's like I don't know, ten of them or something, and I wanted to be a good host. And all of our community, that's all I want to do is just be a good host. I'm doing everything I can to put on a good show, and I can't in that moment overcome. It's so cold in here, and I so I'm cold. sorry. Or like the sound is boomy and this it's just physics and there's nothing I can just echoed everywhere and then it was like muddy and just like Well anytime not, you're doing was... shows in the round like this, you're already acoustically you're you're taking massive risks. It's very challenging. And so we're trying to do this immersive thing, but there are sonic challenges that are you don't have when you do something in a theater and it's the sound's pointing one direction. And, and the whole room is designed for sound. Right, and we're doing this in the name of creating uh, a different immersive experience, and but we're taking we're taking risks. So after that show, I felt sad because it's like I felt like I played as well as I could, um, but I actually I said you need to email every single ticket holder and apologize uh, for the the heat mostly the lack. It of It was so cold. There was a big garage door open to the outside that we had been using that day for load in. Yeah. And that was still open during the show. And maybe about three songs in, I was like, we have, why is this still open? We have to close this thing. Yeah. And it was, well, it's going to make a really loud sound. And I would never do anything to interrupt your show. But it was such a desperate moment. It was like, oh, we're going like, to have to do it anyway. Shut the damn door. Like, like whatever step sound one is, is plug make, the holes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever sound is going to make, we just have to go for everyone it. Everyone probably sighed a relief. It's freezing. Well, I, I, I just want to apologize to anyone who had trouble with the environmental issues at that show. Um, that should have been avoided before we even showed up. I, of course, that was like the booking of the venue. And um, I'll take responsibility as the artist for being, it is my show. But I, had, I was blindsided when I got there and very upset. And I did my best to wag my finger and say, we got to do this, we got to do that. But there was nothing I could do besides cancel the show. Um, which we, you know, which is hard to do. Uh, so that was a low point as like, as far as like environmental issues, you know? And not everybody was unhappy. They weren't. And thank you for those who said like, I, you know, I, I just understand it's hard to drop in when your basic needs aren't met. And that's a great metaphor totally. for life. Totally. <laughs> that's so true. It just shows you like everyone on this planet how we want to give everyone equal support for inner work. And that starts with not being hungry, not being cold, not being sick. You know, these are the things we need to cover in the world so that we all can like live our fullness of our spiritual lives. And there it was front and center. Um, so we had to, we had to buck up and move on from there. We went to Santa Cruz, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And afterwards, like I said, like outside was just so difficult, uh, socioeconomic devastation. And it was really crazy. And we were like, we have to leave. It's so intense out here. So we did. We had no option, really. Santa Cruz was our breath of fresh air, literally, because mm. when we, we woke up 
and we were about a mile from the ocean. I took a run, probably for the first we time. We took a run. Yeah. Down to the beach. Yeah, we ran to the Walked beach. on the beach together. Oh, I was ecstatic. It was so it was good. Felt warm. It, yeah, I was in a tank top. We went on a jog. It was sunny. Got some coffee. We got uh, our elixirs. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, let's get some, you know, let's, let's get a smoothie or something. Let's get a good juice. Let's go get an acai bowl. So Things we're walking good. down the street. Instead of an acai place or juice place, we see it said metaphysical elixirs. And of course, we're like, let's do it. So we're in downtown Santa Cruz. If you guys are there, it's the hammock bar. The hammock bar elixir place. You walk in, it's like... Kind of like a, a full-size Merlin apothecary medieval vibe is yeah. what's going on. There is a full-size Merlin there. And there's all these hammock chairs hanging from the ceiling. We're like, this is cool. Let's get a thing. And you picked one out. You kept calling Immortality <laughs> drink. It tasted like I was took a shot of MDMA or something. Yeah, it, it came bitter. in like this like <laughs> like a vintage crystal shot glass, clear liquid. It did not taste good. But it, I didn't think that was the point. And mine came in like this tiny, like three ounce wooden goblet that was beet based, supposed to be for my kidneys, libido, libido. apparently, yeah. other things too. Ingredients we didn't know what they were. We were just rolling the dice and be I like I just thought we were having some tea, you know? Having a having a having a laugh, having a gas, as it were. Well, we did feel good after that. That is post we went on the run. Let's put a pin in that, and that's <laughs> we felt good and we left. Uh, sat in the hammocks and we went and did the load in and the sound check. It was a very in- different venue. We completely changed our sound design, trying to learn from the night before. Uh, also, didn't have great heat, but they had all these. They had about eight space heaters in a giant auditorium. I'm like, these aren't going to do a damn thing. But thank you for trying. Uh, let's all shut the doors. You know, let's email everyone. Please bring blankets, whatever you need to be comfy. It ended up not being too cold that night. Beautiful crowd, beautiful show. Except that was at 10 a.m. when we had those magical metaphysical elixirs. Yeah. We... At 5 p.m. Well, 5 p.m., I finally had my lunch, which was Chipotle, cold Chipotle. <laughs> and I had this packet, Trace Minerals again, water bottle. and Which is just vitamins. Yeah, it's yeah. just like electrolytes, yeah. essentially. And then my stomach got upset. And then I was meeting with the peer support. So every day, my peer support volunteers would show up at around 5, 5.30. And then I'd have a meeting with them once they all got there to kind of go over the evening and what to expect and where to be and what not to do. Just kind of get everybody on the same page, give them credentials. And usually doing that in the green room. And I was in the green room with the three of them that night. And I started to notice I was feeling weird sitting there in conversation and lights started like colors started to get strange and my mouth got really dry and my body it's I started to get activated in my body similar to what I know feels like an edible weed high and I got through the meeting and then you were doing your sound check yeah. and I said how much longer do you have <laughs> yeah like, I looked at you as you said like, well, something's off with and I her. just sat on the edge of the stage waiting for you to be done kind of like with a furrowed brow <laughs> and, and yeah. like kneading my hands together and you got done and I said I need to talk to you you're like what is it on and I said well I'm I think I'm high and you said you're not high how could you be high and I said I most definitely 100% feel high and it's not good. Yeah, and I know you very well. And you're, what you were experiencing is exactly what I've seen you experience on edible THC before, which is not typically, I don't know if it's, it's not a good combo for you. 
Yeah, I say like THC and I by itself, we're just not good friends. I don't have like a good just cannabis. Edibles, high. it's a very clear response for you, and it's not the same with other substances. So it was definitely as like, yeah, this is in my mind. It's like you're acting like the negative reaction you have to an edible. Yes. And I was very confused because I'm like, there was no way you could have had it unless someone potentially dosed you that day, which there was a potential for that. We won't go into it, but there was a potential in retrospect. But of course, option two is it was this magical metaphysical elixir that was had six, seven hours previously. So it just turned on. But, but, so it's like an hour. It's like six o'clock. Doors there was are at no, seven. No weed in the magical elixir. I don't remember what the, the ingredients the, there were. There absolutely was not. This was not a weed store. No. And you would think that there'd be like a little cannabis bud no, next to it. Like they put like a V no, next to the vegan dishes on the menu. Yeah. Like something. That was not this. it. But regardless, I was high. You were leveled. I was you were leveled, leveled. And it was an hour before... I was supposed to go on stage and do the opening. It was six o'clock and you, we went back into the bus and you, to your credit, were really kind and patient and loving with me where you're just like, I'm here with you. We're going to get through this. What do you need? Let me help you breathe. Let me sit with you. Like you're going to get a blanket and you're going to be a participant tonight. You're going to be, yeah, it's like, you were there's down. There's no way I can, I can't talk to people. I oh can't get on you stage. Were, you were really a mess. I couldn't, right? I could barely talk to you. <sighs> Yeah, you, you, your desire in those moments is like, I need to find a closet and, and curl up. And I'm like, this that will definitely make things worse. It's like, you need to do some yoga and breathe. And you're like, no, no, I need to find a hole to like curl yeah, up in. Yeah, it's like a disappear, freeze response. But it will absolutely feel more alone, more paranoid, not a good place to go. Totally, because my mind goes to very bad places. Oh, I you just... were shaking and, and there were tears and hyperventilation. I mean, you were really hurting yeah it wasn't i was like okay you know and the show's like we got 15 minutes and then we got to do the show so that was a surprise that was a surprise yet again we overcame and it was a beautiful performance beautiful community beautiful happening but you know we kept going through different adversity mind you the night before when I was flying and you all were taking that long drive, yeah, uh, one of our members had an anaphylactic thing in the middle of the night, fell out of his bunk. It was d- like had an allergic reaction. People thought he was. We got to call nine one one while we're like driving through the mountains. That was scary, mm. very scary, very scary. Or some Chinese food or something that they ate. <sighs> so we went on from there to I think L.A. Right. Mm. I feel like it was San Diego next. No. Oh, wait, no, you're right. L.A., yeah. And L.A. was interesting because um, we were in, like, on the 10th floor of it. We walk into the space. It's this huge space, but it's like a low ceiling, massive square footage, all white, almost like you're in the Matrix or something. Yeah. You know, like a, it's going to be a tech support center or a campaign office. There's not a, <laughs> there's not a single piece of furniture or anything, just white walls up on a high rise. So that was unusual. Yes. And we had some more, uh, you know, before this, we had more interpersonal stuff going on tour where, like, we didn't have enough production help and we had to bring on help. And that was like a last minute thing, blah, blah, blah. It ended up being incredible. We're so but the way it went him. down, it was more like another demand, you know, or else this whole thing's over. And then here we are in L.A. And let's just I won't go into the details, but more stuff happened 
because of personal demands. And that was kind of a last straw for me where we ended up replacing a team member last minute, which was a very difficult decision, but it, it had to be done because it was, it was starting to damage the show. It already was damaging the show, but then this was a very clear, and that's not okay for me when it's one thing to damage me. And I'm like, or, I, or Rada. yeah, I got to buck up and I'll just have to deal. But when the audience, you know, this is, this is why we're doing it. It's an act of service and I have nothing but uh, respect and want to honor people who pay their hard-earned money, their time, get a babysitter, whatever, you know, and coming to be vulnerable and trust us. We need to do everything in our power to serve them, to do our the best we can do. That's all I ask is we do the best we can do. And that wasn't the best that could be done. Uh, so then I was like, that that crosses a line where I'm going to protect my audience and or I'm going to protect our community and be like, we can't totally do we can't unacceptable. do that we can't do that totally unacceptable we just can't um so we had to bring in a new person uh, within 24 hours fly them in that we didn't know as a recommendation which is a huge risk but we we did it and uh we continued on to uh vegas i believe and then back to san diego yeah yeah we had a day off we got to go to wes's birthday party Wes is your friend from high school who goes by Diplo, and uh, you guys are friends. And his birthday party happened to be the same night as my show in L.A. And my show is early. It started at 7, so we were done by 10, 30, 11. So we were like, let's go. This is the first time I even went out anywhere because yes, I was trying true. to stay healthy. Wouldn't drink any alcohol, <laughs> wouldn't do anything, wouldn't go out. Just tried to sleep and, and stay healthy. Very isolated. Very monastic. And me with you with that. So we're both just like. Yeah. By the way, you know, no one on the tour is like, it was not a party type situation. I mean, well, we're it all got just that like, way a little later, it seemed. Well, not us. But no. Yes. Anyway, we're just trying to make well, it through. I, I was. Ho- I was nervous that you were going to say no we can't go to the party because we'll have to wear masks or we'll get covid but or... what did i say you were so fun I said, let's just go you were really really fun and i knew I... it was important to you well, to I... have a social night yes so we we fully did it yeah and now let's tell the story we're on the way to <laughs> we're, west's we're party Uber. and the next night we were supposed to have dinner with our with numinous the tour partner yeah and friends and and it got moved to brunch and so i was like tomorrow night we we're in la we could have dinner with anybody we day off it's our day off who do you want to have dinner with anybody at all so you can have dinner with anybody except for beck why did you say that why did you randomly say i can't have dinner with beck not we don't know beck uh i i I say things because i think they're funny all of the time it was funny you said that because you know, if I had to just think through a role that who lives in L.A., which is a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, he sure he'd be on the list only because I respect him so much as an artist, and that'd be awesome. But it was very strange that you said that, and you kind of ignored me, and then we kept I thought going. about it. I couldn't think You're of like, anyone to have. <laughs> we, get to, we get to the <laughs> spot for the birthday party. There's tons of people there. We walk in. You know, trying to get our bearings. Where are we? Where's oh Wes? It's, it's a What's super happening? Hollywood scene, like loud house music, whatever. It's probably Diplo and Major Lazer that's playing. It, Not just random It was music. just super Hollywood. It was like, wow, drop the needle on the uh, Hollywood party. <laughs> Boom. And then I say, oh my God, there's Beck. And right there in front of us <laughs> is Beck, which is weird. And not only is it weird, I'm, I'm just like, 
anytime weird things happen, synchronicities, you think, what's what's this all about? I don't know. I, but you're curious. And I don't know, a little long, while later, it's a bowling alley, the party. And I'm sitting on the couch at the bowling alley. And I look to my left and right next to me is Beck. He which, sat down next to you. Well, we're sitting there together. And I'm still just like, that's cool. And then I don't know, 10 minutes later, uh, he's looking at me and I turn over and we're looking at each other. He's like, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up? And we start talking and I said, can I, t- can I tell you something? God's honest truth. I got to tell you this. And I told him what just happened. I said, this is, this is kind of a crazy synchronicity. And uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. And then so then we just talked about music and mixing and performing. And I was wearing earplugs because it was very loud. And he said, uh, earplug, that's, that's probably a good idea. I was like, you know, yeah, you know, being a musician. He says, well, I lost so much hearing three years ago when I played with Nirvana. I said, really? Three years ago? He's like, oh, my God. He said, you have no idea how loud it is. I said, Dave Grohl's a loud drummer. He's like, it is so much louder than you think it might be. And it actually messed up my hearing. And and then we we just talked. You got him a water? I did. I shook his hands. <laughs> we I gazed as I shook his hand for at least a solid 10 to 12 seconds. A highlight. Yeah. That's a highlight of one of my lives. I mean, Beck is one of my hero, my icons. It Beck, cool. Bjork. Beck and Bjork. Look, there were a lot of celebrities there, but for me, Beck, it was just cool. And then I just, it was cool to get to hang and talk one-on-one. The We would have, I think, talked much longer. It was just very loud. You know, it's hard to like, you have to lean in and do that thing where you're talking in someone's ear, mm-hmm. which it's, that's not the greatest did way. Did he have a good aroma? Did you notice? I did not whiff him. You didn't? I did not whiff. <laughs> I didn't. Well, your nose is real sensitive. I thought you might notice even without I was like an actual whiff. I didn't want whiff. to just start whiffing. Yeah. Okay. But that was cool. That For me, that was just like, it was also just fun. It was we like, oh my God, universe. We had a time. And Wes was so sweet. He introduced me was, to all of his friends. And I finally to got to you. meet his baby mamas. And it was really, really, really fun. Yeah. We were there just a couple hours. And then we went back. The bus, I guess, or was that a hotel? I don't know, whatever. So from there, we went on to uh, Vegas. And this was another environmental situation where I I get in there and the venue is known for having projection. But the projection, there's so many projectors on the ceiling. The projection meaning we're in a box and all of the walls are blank. Area 15. Yeah. And so all the walls get projected onto with like cool psychedelic projection mapping all over it's very cool what they can do there but it was so loud the fans that i was like we got to turn them off for what we're trying to do in this kind of tender space and when they turned them off it still was loud but then i start hearing this this ridiculous subwoofer bass sound coming from an adjacent space because the rest of their whole venue is like it's all meow wolf and i mean matt like i'm at disneyland or something this sound bleed coming into our space. And I, I was very upset. And I said in sound check, I was like, you know, I think we got to, I think we got to cancel this. I don't, th- I can't perform like this. It's, I, I hear it throughout. It's like more music on top of my music. After San Francisco, you were worried, more worried than normal about. Oh, more the, caring. The, more, the uh, um, 
the concert goers experience. You're of like, course. people won't like hearing all this sub bleed. Of course they won't. And it's, it's me saying like, it doesn't matter how hard I work or how well I play. I can't overcome environmental issues such as sound bleed or bad sound or heat or, or noise or whatever it is, you know, it's nothing. So that's why I was just trying to get ahead of it. And there's, again, I, I read a real stink about it. You were having a real thing about it. Because I, I'm standing up again for, for our listeners, our community. And I think it was a problem. Yes. And that show, uh, I also says, like, you know, we got to reach out and, uh, and apologize because, the, again, I, th- I find this to be unacceptable. Um, it's not the kind of the level of experience that I want to be sharing with people. Very and- low probability you'll play at Area 51 again. Area 15. 15. Or Area 51. <laughs> I would love to do a concert Area 51. You'll do 51. it again. That would be there. killer. Um, come out on like a UFO, and like as part of like the stage set one day. But that was that was hard for me. And I, um, but, and also there was a lot of people on medicine at that show. And mm-hmm. so it was this interesting energy. There's almost like soupy of like people in different dimensional energetic spaces while all this is happening. It was just a very, and of course, you know, it's no secret that Las Vegas in general, no offense to the people there, but it's not one of my favorite places. It's just the energy of it. It's a little difficult for me. And we all knew we were firing one of our team members that night. Letting except go. Except for. Well, we had to. That person. We had to. And then I won't go into the details, but, uh, Letting that person go that night did not go well. Uh, I wasn't involved personally. Uh, we we you know, left that to, uh, well, I won't get into it, but it went real bad. Or just there were, it was drama that resulted in uh, some bad decisions being made by other people that caused more uh, problems for a tour. I was just stunned that all this was even going on. I really did my best to make things work. I really did. Uh, but again, so that was a long night. Let's just put it that way. Um, that was a long night. And we had to go drive back to San Diego, and I was feeling pretty beat up. And we met uh, with our, our new team member there. And we had a we had a challenging sound check because, and this is all credit to this new member, but, you know, you're basically trying to learn on the fly here. And we had to hold the doors for an hour just to get things functional. Well, it was another night for you where you said, we're going to cancel the show. Because I'm like, I would rather not do it than do one where the audience is saying, you know, something held me back. But I wanted to give total props to San Diego. There was a line of people outside and we went out there and they were asked, like, if you'd like to get your money back and go home, I know we've held the doors an hour. We can. And no one did. And they all said, we are here to do ceremony. We're here and for to support you. you, and we're we're gonna wait. And yeah. they did, and it was one of the best. It was just a vibrant audience. It was it was a deep dive. It was yes. beautiful experience. Yeah, you, man, you get worked up sometimes where your your nervous system blowout is like nine or ten out of ten. That happens, yeah. Yeah, and you, at, while you're trying to be work through the technical stuff. Oh my God. It was, and a, sound that, check was that was really perform. a nine out of 10 on stress. You, what I was like, hun. Yeah. Deep breath. <laughs> Let's just take the time we need. Don't send everybody home. We'll figure this out. And it did get figured out. It was just one of those situations. I said 
to uh, the production manager. I was like, there's no option here. It's like, we continue to hold the doors until we get this right or we cancel right now. Those are the only two options. There's no, there's no physical way to just do the show. But you got through it. Everybody got through it. And props to everyone. Um, the whole team got tighter. And every show after that started going smoother and smoother better and better. as an internal team. The energy leveled out. Oh, as soon as we got rid of the bad apple, things shifted dramatically. Just everybody was then able to have like a good time yeah, and was, feel at way ease easier. and feel connected. Yes, yes. And but that was a, a great show. And I noticed that sometimes when you have external pressures, it almost focuses, it focuses me in a way where sometimes I almost do better as a performer, but it's not. I'm, I don't invite that. It's not worth the stress on the body. It's, it's so intense. I, I think about the Keith Jarrett story about the Cone concert, you know. Well, I think about you back in your, like, New York actor in play days where you've said, like, you used to get so worked up before you'd get on stage for theater yeah. that that's sort of become... Your defaults, like I almost like I need to freak out. No, 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 no. I think you misunderstood. I didn't get freaked out before plays and in theater back in the day. Okay, tell me what used to happen. There is actually much more disciplined. Like theater is so like, there were just moments in my back in the acting days where like very heightened things would happen. Absolutely. You know, like crazy things would happen you know where you're you have to go understudy and perform and you don't know the part the or... stress level so intense yeah but typically it's more like more of a monastic uh, you're just doing it eight times a week it, you know it's, it's at the repetition keeping it the same uh you're not typically i didn't do shows that were on the road like that where every venue is different and you know, you're typically out of I'm theater just speaking to like the number of times that you get really stressed out to it go to that not happening is maybe like at least 50 50. I no, I hope not. From my where I that's sit, that's really bad odds <laughs> right there. And so that's where I wonder, like, oh, is this just part of the process? No, in some unconscious way. No, well, look, maybe, but I actually want to say, like, a lot of it has to do with I'm the only performer. So it's like a one-man show situation. There's no one else to lean on. And we're trying to do something that almost every time we do it, we're experimenting and trying new things and trying to grow it in a way. And so we're always changing it. And there's it's all very this, alive. And a lot of the things that are stressful are external circumstances. So, I mean, one of the things I could do better at is rolling with those and being like, hey, there are always going to be most likely like sound bleed or things. And yeah, I should advocate for them to be right, but how much do I want to let that rock me? Yes. Um, I, I haven't cracked the code on that, but I think I, I've been growing. I mean, again, I, all I can say is the shows, I, I look back at all of them and I definitely did the best I could do at all of them, you know? I didn't. Absolutely. And we, I think they're all pretty solid uh, as far as the show. We certainly got into a groove. You kind of developed ish a set list. You know, you had like a formula that was working that from, you know, my vantage point as like a, a listener was really cool and beautiful. And the time would actually fly by. The two hours of you performing would go by so quickly every night, night after night. Yeah. I'm going to keep this pointed towards your mouth like that. There we go. Okay. 
so we've come up to about an hour here, so I don't know. We don't need to. Well, we're almost through. We're almost through. It, but I do want to go back a couple days. Just talking about it all. I'm just I like know, feeling it's... like we just got back and I'm feeling like this, <laughs> you know, the stress of just everything we went through and the highs too. Like just it's so much. It's so much. And you were great, by the way. So supportive and solid. Like the two women on our crew, I think, held the whole thing together. Yeah, myself and Lexus. All the men were a mess and the women were just like the rocks, you know? Yeah. The the men of the two women were a mess. Hey, come on. <laughs> it's times. not that simple. At times. <laughs> no, it's but it's a role. That's like a like like a rock, like you're saying, that you just have to be like, boom, I'm holding all of this. We're doing this. Well, we headed eastward. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to Tony G. Because we okay. saw him in Our- L.A. And it was really one of the highlights of my entire time on the road was that day that we spent with Tony. Tony's our friend and he's been on the podcast. I highly recommend going back and listening to our episode with Tony G. He's an amazing yoga teacher, an amazing human. And now, well, he's always been a painter, but he's gotten back into it. And- he's such a great painter, such a great artist, such a great human. And we had a really restorative day uh, spending our day off with him in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kudos. Had to a lovely Tony. brunch with Numinous. Turned out to be wonderful as opposed to dinner. So that was awesome. Um, great to see them again, popping into different shows. Peyton and all the and way the team. through. Um, by the way, they were great partners. You know, talk about like easy and easy supportive. Easy breezy. That Just was supportive. the easy breezy yeah, aspect. They were the easy breezy. Yeah, <laughs> I was the. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so we made our way to Phoenix or Santa Fe. We went to Phoenix, got to hang out with a good friend, Gordon Ogden and his crew with Plant Body Soul and turned on the disco ball at the end. So rad. We were in the Walter Warehouse, which was, you know, Burning Man, Art Cars, really cool community there. The disco ball above your head during the big beats at the ends. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and we went to Santa Fe and we had a day off there. Sounds like a lot of day offs. We probably only had four or something in total. Yeah. Four out of 21. But Santa Fe was cool. Super cold. We had a great day off. Um, we got, uh, gifted by 10,000 waves to go up there and soak and have a lunch, which is awesome. Shout out to 10,000 waves and stay at Ivy Ross's place. Our dear friend with Lorraine, who's there. They made us dinner, Lorraine uh, and her friends. First, not eating out meal mm-hmm. and Lorraine I invited her to come play on stage like Sheila did at the show in Santa Fe and that was a highlight for me because I love playing with other people and Lorraine is on the Ramdas album plays the saxophone on Love Everyone and A Miracle and she's on Possible and she um, is the speaker on the song Tabula Rasa which I sampled from the podcast we did together which I also recommend listening to and you, you had it in your live set this ceremony tour Lorraine Weiss yeah she was part of every set where I I mashed her talking into essentially the sort of a rendition of the music for like taking off an old shoe mm-hmm. but with new it was a whole new thing that I was really enjoying kind of darker and more minor it was fun. So it was a blast having her there. Uh, and that was down at like the Farmer's Market Railway, railway Station. So the trains were going by. It was interesting. It was cool. 
We got to see Elena Brower, which is fun. Yeah, the our time house. with Elena, she was so generous and so warm and so lovely. Love Elena. We yeah. had a really beautiful lunch and just that was the first time I've met her. And she got us dinner. Oh yeah, and she brought us dinner. Yeah, so, so that's that's what I'm saying. So generous, so warm, so like here, let me care for you. Like beautiful mother vibes, and you two are kind of like sister brother. Totally, which is sweet. My very first yoga music thing ever was with her on in eleven, 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 New York City. So I mean, we go back to like some very beginnings of that, and we've been um, supporters of each other ever since. And it's just cool. So she moved there in the pandemic. It was just so cool to see like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be able to like drop into your world a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so proud of where you've gone Aww. since then. Well, she's been a big supporter. Yeah. Where, I where remember we that go? show in Santa Fe too. There was this one guy standing outside looking out the window, like through looking the, window, in the window, looking in yeah. the window, like he just wanted to be in. And so I eventually just signaled them over to the front door. I was like, come on. It's, and it was so cold outside. It's like 20 degrees. I'm like, just join our ceremony, you please. You let him in. It was nice. There it, was space. It's it's one of the things, again, going back to like environmental stuff that we had to learn. Even just like people being in line in the cold outside. It's like you probably can only do these kinds of shows in the earlier fall and later spring is the ideal time. Because it'd be either too hot or too cold where... It just becomes challenging. I don't want to do it again where it's cold. Well, it also was hard even when we did have decent heating in a room. The heating HVAC system would be kind of loud. Yes. And then we'd struggle with this like, well, do you want heat or do you want a bunch of noise? And that was a battle, you know. Of Yeah, we were doing that in Phoenix. We turned it off and on a couple times. And Santa Fe, you know. Pretty oh, much yeah, everywhere. Austin. Austin. Oh, and in Austin. So Austin was the last show. And it was incredible. But also, again, a cold snap was unseasonably cold, and we were fighting the cold. And I want to give, again, shout out to the community for just being like, hey, we can do this. Um, but a beautiful, beautiful evening. Beautiful. Um, it's great to see Justin, Ren, and Amy there. And uh, our numinous friends came back. Uh, some of the Fit Brittany for Service and Jonah. people, our friends Brittany and Jonah. So it was, it was a, actually really great way to wrap things up really positive very positive very cold but very positive. <laughs> the first time the only time that someone asked for peer-to-peer -to -peer support too was in and you austin. gave it yeah yeah it was in austin so we made it through all of those i was trying to tell this to krishna last night give him some perspective when he was well i don't like talking about it that way to be honest because talking about what, what like, way like an energy like we got away with something I, am I talking about it like that? Yeah, maybe it's just my own, I don't know, I don't want to use the word superstition, but where we're saying like, we didn't have any. It's like, well, actually, I'd say differently. I'd say you were tracking many, many people who are on deep experiences many nights. And I have to think like that attention and care and the container is what happened. And therefore, everyone actually was able to be in the right mindset. That's what I'm saying. So it's more like we actually did face many instances. They just went so well. What I'm speaking to is, you know, people were on a variety of self-prescribed medicines. That we'll never know, you know. We intentionally knew that they would be doing that. And so we wanted to create a safe container. That's why I did the opening and held the space 
And all that we do to go into that altar and all of it, and the smudging, the volunteer peer-to-peer support, just everything, naming the, the it, vibe, the uh, vibe, just what our vibe, yeah, the house music, and yeah, the... people were in journeys, but no one that we know of had what you might call a bad experience or a disruptive experience or. Sure, it could have been challenging. Maybe yeah. we don't know, but they—that's not a bad thing in a psychedelic journey. Absolutely. So we let everybody know every show we have support here for you if you need it. All you have to do is ask. No questions. Non-judgmental. And, and we weren't. We're in this very. This is what made the biggest experiment of this entire endeavor is that we're not inviting it, and we're actually not. Uh, conjoining or even condoning it, we but never we're really supporting spoke it. To it. But we're supporting. So it's sort of saying we're in this dance of yeah. a mixture of legality and also moral responsibility and ethics. It's, so, it's harm reduction. We're doing harm reduction, but with strangers. Yeah, that we know in, nothing in about. real time during a concert, and and so it, it was. I thought we. We had meetings about this. We we really had an approach that we thought would be the best that we could do. And I'm proud of what you did. And so when I say, you know, we didn't have any major instances, I'm like, that's because of the work that was done. I really think that. I totally agree with you. I don't yeah. think it's random. I think we put a lot of intentionality and care into it. And to the best of our knowledge, we didn't have... There were no harmful experiences. But the last ceremony, (laughs) someone finally asked for support. Yeah. That finally happened. And so I was with them and they, interestingly, weren't on a substance. They were totally sober. They were mostly came across as like an emotional panic attack where she was like, I don't know what's going on. I can't stop crying. I've got all this pain in my chest. This is just coming up. I think it's coming up because I feel like I'm in a safe space and now I don't know what to do. I'm totally overwhelmed. And so I was with her for probably a good 30 minutes and it turned into a somatic experiencing trauma healing session, then entering into like a little bit of soul retrieval in a way. And we brought it around full circle Lucky them. I'm sorry, but lucky them that they got that whole session with you (laughs) one-on-one and the concert. I mean, wow, what a full meal deal there. I think it was really healing for them. It was just so unexpected. Yeah. It's very, a lot comes up in these experiences. And also there's a lot of energies in the room. It is a collective experience that influences us. And so it made a lot of sense for me. We've seen that many times, whereas it's not, it's not about the medicine, so to speak, or the psychedelic. Uh, there are many roads to Rome. And that's why we actually, and I don't typically speak about psychedelics, at not even once in in any of the concerts, because that's not really what we're doing. We're there, actually, well, what is that tool for? It's for the inner inquiry and work. And some people, for all of us, frankly, it's a natural process. The music itself is emotional and takes you there. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, every night I'm fully sober and you would play that sit around the fire Except song. Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah. I was right. the only person right. that needed psychedelic yeah. peer support. Yeah. It ended up being yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> With the whole journey. And it, was, it was me giving it. <laughs> you were great. So yeah. thanks for that. And then I got to be a participant. But I was going to say all the other nights, I'm 100% sober and you'd play that last song before the encore and I'd have this like huge deep spiritual meditative DMT blast every night. It was incredible. 
So yeah. to your point, it's there's many gateways in, and the music is what will take you there if you will give it your attention. And that's what yeah. we were simply inviting everyone to do each night. Well, I am so proud of uh, everyone who showed up for this. And I want to, again, thank thank you, listener, if you were able to come or if you supported it from afar. It meant a lot to me. And it was a beautiful endeavor and beautiful happening. It really was. And thank you again to you for coming along, putting your own life aside to come on this tour and opening every show. Uh, again, the set and the setting that was created just immediately as you walk on stage was actually extremely intentional and you're the secret weapon to make it, you know, to make it a good experience going from that. Uh, and I want to thank everyone on the crew again and our tour producers, live night events, everyone on the crew, um, Crew, let's just say, Lexus, Max, Junior, Lorenzo, John, Adam number one, Adam number two. Who else? I think that's all of them. Our bus drivers, Tay and Tom. And uh, I want to thank again everyone on my team. This is something that's was a lot of work to put on. And uh, I just want to say thanks. And last little fun tidbit, tidbit, we spent some time off in Austin thanks to Brittany and Jonah for hosting us as we cared for their dogs over the holidays. Thanks to Kyle Kingsbury and his family and friends for hosting us for Thanksgiving. I got to work out with Aubrey Marcus, got to have dinner with Duncan Trussell and his lovely wife, Erin. Uh, but we, <laughs> yesterday, we had to fly back to get all of my gear, which is now at a storage place in Salt Lake. The bus drove it back there. And then we had to drive all the way back to Boise last night. Which is a five-hour drive, Salt Lake to Boise. Yeah. Flew to Salt Lake, plan is to get the gear and drive home after being away for a month. Yeah. So when I get up to the car and uh, someone had smashed my window and broken into my car. Just one last kick in the balls before you head home. And so let's just say I have to deal with that tomorrow when it's Monday. Uh, they stole things, blah, blah, blah. And it was freezing. We drove home. We drove five hours home, and it was about with a 32 missing degrees window. in the dark. It was loud and freezing. And that's how we got home Yeah, last night. it was a... It, so, hey, all you kids there no, out there... There was no ticker tape You want to be a rock star? <laughs> let me tell you. It's not always as romantic as it. It's a lot of hurry up and wait and uh, dealing with modern problems. But, and... Don't get me wrong. I said this to you. How many times did I say this to you? What did you say? When things were going hard and the diesel fumes are coming in the back room and we're sitting there and I said, you know what? This is the best job in the world. You did say that. Yes, yep. it is. And you I'm so grateful. Job. I'm so great. It's, it's not, and let's be honest. It's not a job. It's a, it's, it's a, <laughs> I have to do this. I love doing it. I'm, I couldn't be more grateful for being able to express creativity and share it with people. and, and, and then, Well, I'm so proud of you for hanging in there because you were at your breaking edge from almost the very beginning and at different points. <laughs> almost a, <laughs> uh, it doesn't even count like before where you're trying to prepare yeah, to get ready to and go. And so your fortitude, your fortitude, and you're like, even though I'm, I, I don't know, I hope you don't, dislike it that I say this, but it's almost like it seems like you couldn't be having a harder time. 
and at yet, moments, at moments, moments, there are many graceful moments. Yes, as but well. in, you're yeah. able to like <laughs> breathe through it, be through it, reroute it, move past it, and then, then still deliver, opening your heart and soul and being so vulnerable for your audience members. And your your people, you you, you just like don't you stop. Up. You you, you are up. so professional in that way. It's very admirable. Over and over again, I've learned that about you. Where that's what I know too is like when you're on that edge, you're like, I can't. I'm like, but I know that you can because you've done this before. Psychedelics honestly have taught me some of those lessons where you find edges in your own heart and consciousness, and when you do work through them. You're stronger because, A, you know, on the other side, you see the grace. And that was what brought me to tears many times in this tour was seeing my own humanity. And, you know, being on the back of the bus after a show and the show was so beautiful. And I know what a mess I was before the show. And some of the things I might have said to myself or others about, like, I want to quit or yada, yada, yada. And then to be showered with grace. And to look at the picture of Maharaji and just feel so humbled and that undeserving in a way. And to know that like when you are given so much, and no, we all are, but when you just, it's so obvious. All I can say is like, well, now I really, really want to give this over to everyone else because <laughs> what else is there? This isn't about me feeling good. This is about, because it's just every night. And then being just, that's all I can say, showered in grace and feeling overwhelmed with gratitude. So let's leave it at that. So uh, we'll see our friends who are going to be at the Esalen Retreat soon. And hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, Radha. Yes, thank you. And you, you have a thing with uh, Double Blind coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, December 4th, it's an online workshop on preparing your body for a psychedelic journey. It's going to be recorded. So if you can't watch it, it's on December 4th at, I want to say 1230 Pacific Your time. site or Double Blind site to sign Double up? Double Blind site. It's all, if you go to my website, there's an event link to it also. Wonderful. Yeah. Just my name, Marissa Rada. But I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be great. And I have a, a op-ed essay I wrote in their upcoming magazine that comes out in December. 2022. So check that out. Thank you again to everyone, all the lovely humans, all the beautiful eyes that I gazed into over mm -hmm. and over every day. So much love and gratitude was expressed, and I feel very humbled by all of it. And thank you for including me. Keep walking your walk. Don't take any shit. But if you do, what do we do? Grace. Do it with grace.
So